Um, we're, we're teaching through the book, or we're, we're reading as a church. Who's on the Bible project? Um, will you put up your hand? And um, it, It's not too late. Um, some people jumped in last week. So you can go on our Facebook and look up the, the um, Liberty um, webpage. You can go on, you can go on to Liberty Facebook um, and just look up the Bible plan that we're going to read. So if you read a chapter a day, five days a week, like during the week, one chapter a day will get you through the whole New Testament within one year. And then so that we, we're keeping ourselves sharp, um, the team is thrown in a psalm or two on the weekend. So that like we, and if you're, you're, if, you're, if you're behind, you're not that far behind, it's still only January. You'll throw in, catch up, and, um, and what's beautiful is, is the amount of people that are engaging with the scripture. Because that's what we want to do as a community. We want to engage with the scripture. There's people put things on Facebook and go, hey, do you know what this means? Or I got this over this morning. There's little groups everywhere that is just interacting with it. There's people that have um, little um, groups on their phone that um, they're just like two, three, four people and they're just getting together and they're uh, saying, hey, I got this this morning. And it's just an encouragement. I was told there was a gang of um, uh, people together out of church recently somewhere and it was, it was, they were there for a purpose. But, but someone told me that no one, as soon as the, the official stuff was over and it was like fellowship, everybody in the room was talking about the Gospel of Luke. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. We pictures of kids, like people sending, and uh, mommy sending pictures to us of, of their kids wanting to know what the boy was like as young as two and three years of age. I was like, boy, because they're seeing us engaging with it. And, and it's powerful. And it's, it's like when you see Jesus, like it's like I'm, I'm a preacher 30 years and I'm seeing new things and seeing things that I never read that before. Obviously, I did read it before, but it never popped out. And, and, and it's also challenging. It also, like, that's, what, that's the word that I hear most. This really challenged me. Because people are allowing the word of God to. It's not like we read this. This reads us. <laughs> it's not like, that, like we go, oh, I'm just reading this Bible. No, the Bible starts to read our thoughts and intentions and our behaviors. And we're like, wow, well, the Spirit of God is being given so that I can be shaped into who Jesus is. Amen. And you'd have to be blind not to see what I'm going to bring this morning. That Jesus talks about over and confronts and conjoles and absolutely gets angry at places when he's talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the people who were the leaders, some of the religious leaders of the day. They were the ones who, who they had great honor afforded to them because of their position as a Pharisee. If you read Paul in his letters, Paul said he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. That he knew the law inside out, upside down. And these were the people that knew everything. And yet when every time they said something to Jesus, Jesus either put them down or put them in their place. And it was like Jesus wasn't in any way, um, any way, um, accommodating the religious spirit that was around them, and and, and just going through it afresh um, over in my mind because obviously I, I, I'm well aware of scriptures, but going over um, chapter after chapter, paragraph after paragraph, 
that um, I realized the amount of times that Jesus talks to these Pharisee people. And when you read it in, 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 in the whole lot, it was usually when Jesus was going to do something incredible that this Pharisee, the Pharisee spirit or the characteristics of the Pharisee would be stored up to, to sort of confront Jesus and to pull people away from Jesus. Or it was just after he had done a miracle that something of this Pharisaical spirit, the Pharisee spirit would, would confront Jesus about an issue regarding the law. Or if he was going to release a truth into the lives of the people that this spirit would go, but what about this? Or what about that? And they would bring up something. But when you read Jesus, like there's no way they could ever match the wisdom. And even the, at times the sense of humor that Jesus releases to answer them. So this morning when I read this, I want to tell you and confess, I seen me in this. Maybe not every day. But then the next day, I'm like, that's me. And that's why I'm saying we take personal responsibility for this stuff. So if you want to turn in your Bible to Luke, just go to Luke and you can go anywhere. And um, there's too many scriptures to put up on the screen, so it's not going to be there. So I'd encourage you this week, as you're reading Luke, go back over. As, as the Holy Spirit puts something in your heart, that you would just take it on board and that we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, that liberty people would be a doer of the word. Amen? That we wouldn't be just someone who hears Sunday after Sunday. Because I'm not here to, to give you a pep talk to get you through the week. I'm here to equip you to be, be the, the, the person that Jesus knows you already are. And then things that rob you of who you really are, that he wants to come with his beautiful um, um, shears or, 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 or sword and just cut it off so that you can be released to who you are. So there's lots of stuff, so if you, if you bear with me, um, we will go through some of it. So in, in Luke 5.17, we see in Luke 5.17, it's probably one of the first places in Luke, well it is the first place in Luke, that Jesus is engaging with the Pharisees. We know the story. It's the, it's the healing of the paralytic. One day as he was teaching. Verse 17 in chapter 5. As he was teaching. Pharisees and teachers of the law. Who would come from every village of Galilee. From Judea and Jerusalem. Were sitting there. Now Judea, Galilee and Jerusalem. These experts of the law and Pharisees. Came from these places. I mean the big hitters. Had come. To, to, to see what this Jesus was about, what he was saying. And it says, and you know the story, a man came who was, um, who was paralyzed and the four, the four people came and they couldn't get in the door. Remember, they lowered him down in front of Jesus. And Jesus says this, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And we know he eventually got healed, but son, your sins are forgiven. And it says this, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them all, took what he'd been lying on, and went home praising God. Louise preached that a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. Everywhere, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were all filled with awe and said, we've seen a remarkable thing today. 
I'll tell you number one about the pharisaical spirit. That miracles can be happening right in front of you. And you can't see them. Miracles can be, you can be, bet your bottom dollar that there's a blindness, religious blindness upon your life. And you can see miracles all around and you're still saying to yourself, it'll happen for them but it won't happen for me. That's a religious spirit. That's a, a pharisaical attitude to things. This man got up and walked in front of everybody. And this releases what it does, the pharisaical spirit and characteristics. It releases a cynicism in your heart and a criticism of other people's miracles that keeps on robbing you of what God wants to do for you. Instead of going, well, how come it's happening to them? We're supposed, that's supposed to be an encouragement to go before God and say, God, have you done it for them? You're, you've no favourites with all your favourites? That Lord God, that, that I, I want it. But this pharisaical spirit robs us of that and we become someone on the sideline poking fingers at people that are receiving the miracles of God. Amen. Are you there? I'm, I was there. I'm there. I can't be there. Hello. Like, and, um, and that's okay. It's okay because Jesus has a remedy. Amen. This is not something to make us all feel low. This is something to just to expose this stuff so that God can bring us up into who we really, really are. And that we have it. We have it. When it comes up, we now have it. Something to combat it. Instead of just going with that flow. Luke 21, a banquet at Matthew's house. The tax collector, remember, Jesus says, come on and follow me. 521. And this is what the Pharisaical spirit, he had a party and Jesus was there with tax collectors and sinners. And the Pharisaical spirit, the Pharisee says, what's he doing with them? Boom. What's he doing with the types of tax collectors, which was worse when you read on. You read on when, when the tax collector and the, the man praying, the Pharisee praying and the tax collector, he's like, Lord, I'm not like those robbers and thieves and good for nothings. And he says, and God forbid I'm like that tax collector. Like the tax collectors were dirt. And here's Jesus going into the Pharisee's house, going into Matthew's house. And the Pharisees are there and they go, Who, what is he doing with them? As soon as you get a higher than those attitude, you've been wrapped around with a pharisaical spirit. Listen, the Bible says we've all sinned. That your righteousness is filthy rags before God. It doesn't matter if you come from the highest echelons of society or the lowest echelons of or, 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 or gutter of society. Before God, you're the same. It doesn't matter which way you talk, where you went to school, what way you dress, what way you walk, what way you talk. It doesn't matter. But the pharisaical spirit will cause us to become spiritual snobs. That we have to cheek those of us who are bound for hell. Then have to cheek to say, who are they? What are they about? And that's what they were saying. I've had it said to me. I can't believe you've sat with such and such or you went to such and such wedding or you went to such and such party. I'm the light of the world. Why else? Where else would I be? I shine great in darkness. I've sat with gangsters and murderers and drug dealers and prostitutes, but that's where we show it. And the pharisaical spirit will say, just come away from them and be with others like you. Birds of a feather flock together. 
Pharisees never see fire. They never see fire on their own nose and their own deceptive hearts. That's why Jesus was confronting. He, he loved these as much as anyone else. Luke 5.33, they questioned him about fasting. Like, What's all this about, Jesus? They said to him, John's disciple often fasted and prayed, and so do your disciples, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered them, Can you make guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Always looking for old wineskins, like this is what we've always done. Pharisaical spirit resists the things of the spirit that he wants to do now. In this time, it's like, no, well, it wasn't like that. We fasted. Our, Pharisee, our, our disciples fasted. John's Pharisee, our disciples fasted. But now you're saying you can eat. Yeah, you can eat while I'm here, but when I'm gone, you can fast and you can do some other things. The Pharisees say, no, Lord, you couldn't be saying that to me now. Pharisaical spirit resists the change that God wants to bring. Lord of the Sabbath, 6-1. He went down with them and stood on a level place. And a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people came from all over Judea, Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him, and he healed their diseases, those troubled by evil spirits. That's not 6-1, no. Over here, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick heads of grain, rub them into their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees says, why are they doing this, what is unlawful, on the Sabbath? And Jesus exposes them, not just there, but as we go on. He exposes them that you tell people not to do things that you're doing yourself. Don't do this and don't do that and do it this way and do it that way. And the pharisaical spirit is not doing any of it. That's why I'll never ask you to pray if I'm not praying. I'll never ask you to get on your face before God if I'm not on my face before God in private. That's what they were doing. You're telling us how to do things and telling you what to do, but not doing it themselves. And Jesus opposed that. It was like he was ferocious when it came to that stuff. That you tell them, he, he, no, no, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, but he heals a woman on the Sabbath. And they, and they said, why did you heal her? It's unlawful on the Sabbath. And he says, listen, she's a daughter who was bent over, crippled and bound by Satan himself. And he says, and, 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 and you didn't want me to do this for a person, but yet you will do it for your donkey or your colts. And he was trying to convey to them that people matter to Jesus. People matter to God. Now we can be worried about all of the trappings and miss the people that Jesus came to die for. That's the pharisaical spirit. Moving. Again, Luke 6, 6, healing on the Sabbath, the man with the shriveled hands. They were there to catch him out. And Jesus says, was communicating that people are more important to the Lord than keeping your rules. Luke 7, 29. We're going somewhere, just stay with me. 729, all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purposes for themselves. 
that the humble heart accepts God's plan, the pharisaical heart and spirit will say, I'll do it my way. Some rejected Jesus' words, some accepted Jesus' words, but the pharisaical spirit said, I know best. And rejected Jesus' words. The pharisaical spirit will reject, always looking to find fault. Always looking to, to, to do something. You know, in 736, do you remember Jesus goes to the Pharisees' house? Even the Pharisees get visitations from God. Even the Pharisees get a chance. 736. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to be with the, in the Pharisees' house and Jesus reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a bad, sinful life in the town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees' house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then, he wiped them, then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she was, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He says, two men owed money to a certain money lender, one owned 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he cancelled out the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who would the bigger debt cancelled. You have judged correctly, Jesus. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my, hair, my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I've entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You do not... Put oil on my head, but she poured out perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven much, but forgiven little, loves little. Little. Jesus says to her, go, your sins are forgiven. The banquet at his house. You can have Jesus in your house, in your life, and still be a Pharisee. You can have Jesus in the midst of us and miss out the invitation of coming to worship Jesus like the woman. The pharisaical spirit hates genuine worship. Hates it. It's aloof. Look at Who do they think they are doing that? Do you know where they've come from? Do you know what she's been up to? Do you know what they... I know what they were doing. I know what they were up to. And then they come back and they have the cheek to bow down before Jesus. Not in some pharisaical way that like we're trying to tr- trick somebody, but in a broken way. Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I've, I've got it wrong. And no one has the right. Jesus showed us in, in other places. No one has the right to stand on the side and go, look what she done. And Jesus says, if you've not done it, you slimy snakes, I just made that with myself. Because they usually are slimy snakes that are doing it in private. Vipers. Worst on the outside. We're far away from God on the inside. 
Who does she think she is? He says, I tell you, she's got much more for what she's done than any of them. Amen. The Father saved spirit will always get us to hold back on Jesus. She held nothing back. What if he doesn't come through? She poured a lot in. What if I make a show of myself? She didn't give a rip. She was the one sitting at the feet of Jesus. The Pharisaical spirit will always, what if God doesn't come through? That's why Jesus addresses after this about, don't worry about what you eat or what you, what, don't, worry, don't worry about that stuff. He's like, because I don't want you to live in the pharisaical way. I don't want you to live holding back on God. I don't want you to live in a place where you're not trusting God. And it's amazing after this in Luke 9, it's like the the, the pharisaical spirit creeps into the disciples. One of the disciples says, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom? It was starting to get in amongst, I want to be great. I want to stand aloof now. I want to be greater than anyone else. Another time in Luke 9.51, do you remember they went to the Samaritans, people that Jesus loved, and they weren't accepting Jesus, and the disciple says, do you want us to call down fire on them? The pharisaical spirit now was, was trying to grip their hearts. They forgot that Jesus was telling them it was all about people. It's not about your donkeys, it's about people. It's not about your Sabbath, it's about the man's hand that was crippled. And yet the very ones who've seen him and heard him doing it, that's the danger we're all in. And we can see a miracle tomorrow or today as a disciple and walk over here as a Pharisee. That's how much he says, be on your guard, be on your guard, be watchful of the yeast of the Pharisees. The yeast gets in, the yeast is only a small bit of powder, but it gets into the whole batch and destroys it. Or causes it effect to have on them. That's what Jesus says. Watch out for these because you're not far away. It can grip your heart in an instant. Then Jesus gives, really, six woes to the Pharisees. (sighs) Woe means to me when Jesus says it. I wouldn't like to be you on the other end of this. (laughs) When he says woe, read it, woe to you Pharisees. Let's guess some. Eleven. Luke 11. Eleven thirty-seven. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat, eat with him. So he went and reclined at his table. But the Pharisee noticed that Jesus didn't first wash his hands before the meal was surprised. Do you see how What's the right word? The pharisaical spirit will notice the smallest mistake in the lives of others and oversee the process of God's healing power in their lives. Yeah, he's good, but. Oh, yeah, I like him, but. Not little. But he didn't wash his hands. You called him prophet before that, miracle worker before that, authority, person with authority and power before that. But he didn't wash his hands. Ah. It's like Jesus just goes here, I'm going to take out the double barrel on you now. <laughs> because I love you. Then Jesus, then the Lord said to him, where am I? Then the Lord said to him, now then you Pharisees, clean on the outside of the cup 
and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. Do not the one who made the outside make the inside also. But give what is inside the dish to the poor and everything will be clean for you. There's we'll get rid of your pharisaical spirit of mind. Look after the poor. Look after the ones that don't give you a thank you. Look after the one where their lives are broken. And tell you, he says, look, that'll make you clean on the outside and on the inside. That's, that's where he, he measures it all. Do you, do you ever notice that Jesus measures it all with people that have nothing? That everything comes out. Everything is measured. Like, that's what James says. Pure religion is looking after the widows and orphans. It always comes out. It's not pure religion. It's how big your worship team is. Or how many fancy lights you have. Or how many times you go to prayer. He didn't say. He says, here's how I measure this. Because if your heart is right in all of those things, you will want to look after those who he wants us to look after. But if your heart is pharisaical, you will look after yourself. And you'll want it all about me. And that's where a lot of our churches in the nation, in the, in the world is going. It's all about me, Jesus. Pastors will say, we have to, oh, I like a comfortable seat, but, but, but if, if it means a comfortable seat or a family being fed, feed the family. But when it's all about us, it's all about, well, it's how much comfort I have. And some people will come into church and the heat's not on in time, and it's like the, the world is caved in. Try and live over in Siberia where you're trying to, where you're trying to reach people like the elder Mongolians in sub, in below 26. And if we can't stand a little bit of cold here, how are we ever going to reach the world? It's like, oh, because we've made it about us. And Jesus says, if you want it, we clean on the outside and the inside, look after others. And I'm telling you, you'll never be short. Never be short. And he goes on, he kicks in even more. Well to you, Pharisees, because you've given a tenth of your mint, rue, and oil, and all kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter. That there they were, counting out, taking out their herbs, taking out their, 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 their precious mint, and giving a tenth of it to God. But have no regard for the God that they're given to. I don't want to be a Pharisee, but I'll tell you, this popped out on me, so here, 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 if I get a yoga, I don't want to be a Pharisee, but I'll tell you what, at least they give. At least they give the toys. I want to be better than him, but start with your toiding and your offerings. Start with your giving. I don't want to be like them, but they were better than you because they were given. So before we get too hard on them, he says, you, you, you do all this with such precision in measuring out your herbs and your oils and all of this. He says, woe to you. You're far from God. You have no time for justice. You have no time for the love of God. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogue and the greeting in the marketplace. Wow. The pharisaical spirit will always look for a pat on the back for when they do something for God that they should be doing anyway. Do you ever get it? Okay. Do, do you ever find yourself going in front of people? I prayed 20 times this week. Because you're looking for someone to go, wow, you're great. Yeah, I, I'm guilty. 
You should be praying anyway. Or am I great? I fed the poor. No, you should be feeding the poor according to the scriptures. What are you looking for? I love Roy Keane. Do you ever read Roy Keane's book? And someone say about Rooney. Oh, what do you think of Rooney today? He scored a hat-trick. He should ought, eh? That's what he's there for. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like, he, he doesn't, eh? Uh, he wasn't like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's doing what he was paid for. He's getting 100 grand a week. And we do stuff as Christians and we're like upset when someone doesn't recognize us. It's great when people encourage us. But I'm telling you what I've learned. Don't live waiting on another Christian to encourage you. Because sometimes it doesn't come. Well, a lot of time, you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to go before God and say, God, I've done this for you. I don't need man's pat on the back. When man pats you on the back, it's a nice feeling. But if you live for that and they don't give it, now you're in this bracket of a Pharisee. You still love me. Woe to you because you were like unmarked graves which men walked over without knowing. Like a Pharisee was not supposed to touch anything that was dead. And Jesus couldn't have more insulted him or offended him with this statement. You're dead. You're afraid to touch a carcass, but you're a walking dead person. Jesus will offend the mind to reveal our hearts. He will offend us. Jesus, why did you say that? Because I wanted to let you see what was in your own heart. Why did they say that to me? Because I want you to show what was in your heart. Do you know we're healers of each other? Well, we're not healers. We're the, expo- we're the, we're the ones that... Bring out the symptoms for us to be healed. So I say something that offends you and you go, I'm going to kill that old fella. And God just says, you know, there's murder in your heart I need to deal with, honey. Do you get me? Like, he will use us for that. He will use us. That's why we're in community. That's why if you don't want that, don't come here. Stay in your own home. Watch someone on the telly that can't. But they'll offend you anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're supposed to. And whatever you do, if you don't want any of that stuff, never get into a relationship with another person. And certainly don't get married. Because what comes up in them situations is what God wants to heal us of. Not to divorce or kill him. But to expose our hearts. And this is what he was doing. We're getting to the good stuff. This is good stuff. So he continues all the way down there. I'll let you read at home. And he goes over to chapter 12. And like the Pharisees was there. And he says to them. This is where he says chapter 12. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. Which is hypocrisy. The yeast of the Pharisees in our life. What it does is it causes us to hide. Hypocrisy. To be a hypocrite means to put on a mask. It's a, it's a, it's a word used for theatre. Where you put on a mask, you hide your true self. And Jesus says the yeast of the Pharisees is to hide your true self. Who you really are with all your warts and all. Put on a religious nice face and put a turban on your head and put perfume on you. And just don't show what, what, what you're really about. Don't show who you really are. And he says, I tell you friends, do not be afraid of those who can harm the body. But, but fear him who can throw you into hell. What is he saying? He's saying that like the, the yeast of the, of the Pharisees that makes you put on a mask causes you to perform for man. It causes us to, 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 to do things because I don't want 
I'm afraid that they reject me. I'm afraid that they will, will not really like who I really am or will not really like the way my character. And he says, don't be afraid of them. The yeast of the Pharisee is the hypocrisy that causes us to not be who we are. To not be truly who we are with our warts and all. I'm telling you, Liberty Church is a church. It's a warts and all church. And I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're into. I don't care what people say about you. We don't care about this because we can't change it anyway. But we can create a place where God is worshipped and honoured. And the Spirit of God is moving that we can take off the mask and go, I'm accepted. Because He can change you. For real. For real. He says, don't be afraid. He says, um, um, the pharisaical spirit will cause you to hide with puff in. He goes, do you not know that you're worth more than five sparrows sold for two pennies? Now, hang on. I tell you, are, you, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet none of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The pharisaical spirit will cause you to forget your worth. Because you're performing. And you go, oh my goodness. And now you think before God you have to perform. And he rips it all down saying, no, your word, to, your word to me is invaluable. Even the death of my son. It robs you of, I can't read my own writing. It makes put you into a place where you'll start disowning God. That's what he says, if you disown me before man, I'll disown you before my father. Because why? Because you're pleasing man. And if you please man here, you please man in the job. I remember, this guy is a pastor now, but this is my, I have this on him forever and ever and a day. We were in the, uh, we were in the, we were in St. Mark's Church, and he was cutting my friend's hair. And this madman came in. I'm telling you, this guy, his name was Noel, and uh, he loved me. This guy loved me, like, and, uh, but everyone was terrified of him, right? And he'd come into the service, and he'd sit down, and when someone was up preaching, your man Noel would go, yeah! He's about six foot seven. Do you remember he wore a bandana? Everybody was terrified of him. But he, he I don't know why he loved me, but he did. If I said, no, be quiet, be quiet. Anyone else go, come on, outside to kill you. So he put all this on. In fact, one time one of the ushers leaned over really nicely. Those who remember Dwayne, and uh, Dwayne leaned over really nicely to tell him to stop, and he kissed him on the lips. Like, it was like, just, he was just... And he comes in one day. My friend was cutting someone's hair, and he says, he goes, uh, are you a Christian? Now, this fellow was a Christian boy from college. He's a pastor now of a jury. And he goes, no, no. <laughs> Oh, I was over the car and I went like that. Alright, Peter. But in the Pharisaical spirit, because you want to look good in front of man and you don't know your worth and because you're hiding, the enemy will make sure you get into a place where you'll even have to disown who you are in God. Not just by words, but by actions. By, by not being a son. By not being a daughter. By not allowing God to transform us. It's not just where our lips. Oh, come on now. We fear man. You become afraid. I have it all written here and I was trying to read it all written out in my Bible. When you fear, when, you, when the pharisaical things, you will worry. You'll become greedy, he says. 
you will want. He says you will, you will, you will, you, you, it says the Pharisees loved money and possessions. And see, when you don't know your word, you start to try to fill it with something else. And the Pharisaical spirit will say, do more, get more, achieve more. All of this stuff, trying to fulfill something that God already has for you as a son and a daughter, your worth and your value. But the Pharisaical spirit, he says to the Pharisees, he says, you put burdens on people. That's what he says, you put burdens on them, you tell them to do this, 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 this. But they're all doing it for you and not for God. And then you lose your value, you lose your worth, you don't know who you are, you don't know what you're doing. And before you know it, you try to fill it with something else, whatever that may be. Because you forgot who your father is. I think we got it, did we? I've like three more pages of notes. I think we got it. I'm only on chapter 14 of my notes. Let me make sure I'm just covering. Right? The last one. Chapter 15, do you remember? Story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The pharisaical spirit wants comfort. It wants everyone to be the same as them. The pharisaical spirit doesn't rejoice when a sinner repents. Luke 15. It doesn't rejoice because Jesus is still talking to the Pharisees. He doesn't rejoice when the lost come home. They don't rejoice with angels. They don't rejoice and enjoy the party. They don't rejoice. They don't... They don't want to walk to find the lost. They just want to be about them. They don't welcome the prodigals home. They want all the attention. Why should they get the party? Why should they get the prayer? Why should he's done nothing? The Pharisee spirit will blind you to, the, to your godly inheritance. The prodigal son had the pharisaical spirit about him because he says, he says, um, he says Father, you never gave me out. And the father says, Son, everything was yours. So having that spirit being concentrated on what someone else is getting robs you of what you should be getting. Amen. tells us how to, be, how to get rid of the yeast. He's, he tells us about the, the, the persistent widow. Prayer. Prayer. Because when you're in prayer you're before God. When you're on your knees he can speak to you. You're not being pharisaical when you're on your knees. You're on your, when you're on your knees you're saying God I need you. God I surrender. God I'm laying it all down. I can't get any more close to the ground unless I get on my face. Not a bad idea Noly. Get on your face and you're on your face and you kneel up from your face when your head is on the carpet and your body is up in a kneeling position. It's the only place you can be where your head is below your heart and your heart is above your head because he wants to deal with us out of that place without our heads robbing who we are. The Pharisee spirit causes us to put our confidence in ourselves, our own righteousness. And we look down our spiritual, self-important, self-righteous, holier-than-thou noses at other people. Do you want the remedy? I've said enough, you understand. We have to watch it. You have to repent of it. What does repent mean? To change your way of thinking. If any of the land, I'm telling you, can you imagine doing that? By yourself, at least you can look around and you have each other. <laughs> when I was writing this out, when I was reading all these scriptures, 
Like, look, I'll show you my Bible. I put ouch beside stuff that gets me. Ouch. 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 What's the remedy? To be condemned? To, to hide away from the one who can change me? No, it's to go before him saying, Father, I'm sorry. Help me. I don't want to be that. I want to be like Jesus. If you look at Jesus, he was the exact opposite. And that's where the remedy comes in. Because when Jesus starts something, he finishes something. Amen. But Jesus always gives us the beginning because he knows the end. He knows the end and then he brings us into the beginning so that we can reach the end result that he has for him. So I want us to stand. I can't believe I got through all that in 40 minutes nearly. You can't either. So this, this prayer is going to take another 20. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to show everyone else out. And I don't want you to look at anybody, you little Pharisee. So Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So I want us just to close our eyes so that we can be real before God. The the pharisaical spirit characteristics of a Pharisee is never being real before God. So you, you don't have to hide because he loves you just the way you are. And he loves you enough not to leave you to where you are. So you can ask him. I can't repent on your behalf. I can only repent for myself. I can stand as church leader and say, Father, forgive us. But when it comes to personal relationship, because that's what we have, I can stand before him for me. If you're visiting with us for the first time, this sermon can save save you and me a whole lot of heartache to yourself and to others. I'm usually bouncing around this stage, but it's so serious today because it's serious and it needs to be dealt with seriously. Or else we go away blinded. Still. So guys, can I ask if anybody, everybody, I would like to do this, but if you're not able, I understand for whatever reasons. Would you be humble enough to bow down, to just kneel where you're at? You don't need to, you don't need to face this wave. You need to turn into your seat, but just keep that place between you and God. you're going absolutely against everything that I've just said that Jesus was against in the scriptures. And I'm going to give us the remedy. Jesus like gives us a cover now. He gives us a cover now in chapter 6. And then, then he goes, he explains them all in the chapters that I've read. You with me? So first of all, before God Almighty... Father, we repent for allowing ourselves to be duped to live like a Pharisee in any, for any moment. 
I don't want to say it all again, but you just know, Lord, you tell us. If there's anything that's attached to us that causes us to continually operate in some of this, I break it in the name of Jesus. You repent, I'll break. And if you've been hurt by this pharisaical attitude, spirit, characteristics, as a church leader, will you forgive me? I stand before you on behalf of every leader that has hurted you in this manner, judged you, cast stones at you. Will you forgive me? If you've hurt someone in this manner, would you ask God to forgive you? If you're full of fear because of man... I break it in the name of Jesus. If you're full of worry because of man, I break it in the name of Jesus. If you're hiding from God because of man, I break it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to read the remedy over us. Jesus went down with them and stood in a level place. Do you get that? Level. All the same, a crowd, a large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people and all of Judea from Jerusalem, from the coast of Sodom. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them. And Jesus says to the disciples, so here's the remedy. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you, your name is evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap with joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your reward. Remember he's talking about the Pharisees who had their all. Who had the food. Woe to you are well fed now. For you will go hungry. The Pharisees who laughed at others. Woe to you who laugh now. For you will mourn and weep. Those who was looking for man. Just to give them their validity. Woe to you. When all men speak well of you. For that is how they treat the prophets. Jesus here's the remedy. Receive it. I tell you who hear me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him. Give him your shirt. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit it is to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend from those and from whom you expect repayment, what credit is it to you? But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend without expecting back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful. Just as your father 
Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be the measure, you will be measured that way to you. Father, we hear your word. We turn away from any way of living that way. And we receive your remedy. The grace to forgive. The grace to give. The grace not to be a condemning person. The grace not to look down our nose on others. Lord, I pray over your people that you will receive your reward. Pressed down. Running over. And shaken together. Pressed down. Running over. And shaken. Are releasing to your life the grace of God to live the life he's called us to live. Father, I ask that you would pour out upon us right now after we've repented and turned away. There is a spirit of refreshing. Now stand up. Now stand up. Just put your hand on the shoulder beside you. We're in this together. It's not just someone up the front. I'm just conducting. Would you put your hand on the shoulder of someone beside you? And this is, what the, this is what Jesus said. This gets rid of the pharisaical spirit. Pray for those. Do for those what you would want them to do for you. Bless them the way you would like to be blessed. Pray for them right now the way you would like to be prayed for. Come on, release your tongue now. Bless them. Just speak blessing. Everything that we've heard, everything. Rejoice. We rejoice, Lord. Make us workers for those, Lord, that are lost, O oh God. Let us go looking for lost coins, lost sheep, lost sons, O oh God. Father, thank you, Lord God, that we're not just going to measure out like, like our, our duty, Lord. We're going to live generously, Lord. We're going to live with an expansive heart and an expansive mind, and our reach would be greater, Lord. And we're going to tell those who feel condemned, hey, we don't condemn you. We want you to come to the one who doesn't condemn but forgives. Bless them. Bless their family. We pray for children today. Pray for children. Pray for healing in the body right now. Pray for healing. Release healing. Say, I release healing into this body in the name of Jesus. Exercise your sonship and your daughterhood. Exercise it. I release it. This is your inheritance that we will do what Jesus done. That's our inheritance. That we refuse to live underneath the, 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 the bread line. We refuse to live underneath the, the, our, our inheritance. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for you will laugh. Just release it. Release it. Release comfort. Release joy. Release hope. That's your authority. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so good. Can I pray this prayer over us as we go? Just put your hand up in receiving mode. Isn't God great? Isn't he so kind? I just love this morning, every, just in breaking in, praying for the city and the nation. Um, I was coming down Valley Fairmont the other day, and uh, we, we have a bridge that trains go over. And the train has always spoke to me and Sharon and this church as God's provision. And there was two trains, one going either way, and I looked up and I go, double anointing, double portion. And I pray that for us. Just a double anointing, a double, in, like the, the anointing is the enablement and the equipping and the empowering of God to do the things that God calls us to do. And I just released that upon you. 
Amen. Yes, amen, amen, you get it. And then, and then um, I was praying for someone the other day, and we were talking and praying. And I don't know how the, the trains came back to me, but it was like quickened to me. And we talked about the trouble that this person has had in their lives. And I started to prophesy this over them. That the Lord will give you double for your trouble. And I just want, if, you, if that just resonates with you, and you just, trouble's been on your, on your, there's a great song, trouble, 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 trouble. It feels like trouble's been there since the day that I was born. Or maybe last year. Would you just put up your hand? Because I'm just going to pray and release it double for your trouble. That God will bless you over and above. That's what he says. I'll, I'll reward you. Pressed down, running over and shaking together. Double for your trouble. You've been troubled in your marriage? Double blessing. Troubled in your family? Double. Trouble in your workplace? Double. Your finances are being robbed on you? Double. The wayward has gone out. They'll come back not only by themselves but with someone. Double. The prodigals will gather together and they'll come home together. Anything else? Troubles in your body. Father, double. 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 Don't let the enemy. The Lord said to me last year, Son, do you think I'm going to let the enemy have the last say over your life? Do you think that at that moment I was? Do you think God is going to allow the enemy to have your testimony? Do you think he's going to be the one that just says, look, yeah, but look what I've done and look how, how I got them to not look at you and not trust you? That's why he says, I come in like a flood. I drowned him out. I drowned out that voice. I drowned out that doubt. I drowned out that unbelief. Oh yeah, just one more. The Pharisee said to Jesus, he was going to Jerusalem, and he says to Jesus, um, they said, Jesus, you better leave town because you need to get out of Dodge, out of, out of Jerusalem because um, Herod is going to kill you. That's just the Pharisees telling him. If the Pharisees start telling you that, you need to start doubting them. And he says, you tell that sly fox, Herod. Do you know what he was saying? No one's going to deter me from my goal. My mission is to get to Jerusalem to die for the sins of the world. And they were trying to, they were trying to intercept the spirit behind them. trying to intercept that Jesus would go away from Jerusalem and not fulfill the plan. And I want to tell you, Pharisees will always steer you away from what God has for you. Don't listen to them. God, I pray right now that two are better than one. That for each person there will be a double. Two people in their lives, so God. That will encourage them, build them up, strengthen them, push them forward in the things of God. Send them on their way to the, to the, to the plans and purposes of God. And we receive them into our world right now, Lord God. We receive them in. The provision of God is not always just things. It's people. It's people. So we welcome in the people that God wants to send and we repel anything that the enemy wants to send. We receive double. Two are better than one. So I send you out into this city as the blessed people of God, full of mercy and grace, truth and light, life and laughter, 
confidence, trusting in God. I send you out that every prayer that you've prayed, that you would see double in return. That will increase your faith for more. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I love you. I send you out to be the powerful church of Jesus, to walk the corridors of where you work, where you live, the family you're raising, and pray that God's kingdom would come.